0: Big fluffy
1: hey, move out the way, fool, it's our hood! Now put the gun down and there won't be any trouble. Oh
0: man, please, I'm about to smoke you like a blunt.
1: Oh, do I wanna look? One of us has to. Damn. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we look for their silver linings. And
0: we have another maligned one for you this week, uh, continuing our look at superhero movies. Yep. Um, This time we are looking at the classic (laughs) in that it's over 20 years old, and that's the designation for classic, I think, with cars. Um, The classic superhero movie, Steel, starring the one and only Shaq Diesel himself, Shaquille O'Neal.
1: Yeah, and fun fact, just to start it out, if you listen to our Batman and Robin episode that started this month, this movie came out the same year. 1997, the golden age of comic movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no other way to look at it except to say that it's the golden age of comic book movies. Which I do, Um, look,
1: I want to say at the top, I feel a little bad for this movie because that movie made a lot more money than this one. They both are considered to be bad movies, but this one is also uh, distinctly a box office, uh, you know, This movie lost
0: a ton of money. Yes. Like insane, like it, it... I think it didn't even make back a quarter of its budget, or something yeah. like ridiculous. No, like that. it it's was like really bad. Yeah, um, and it's not a good movie. Just to start with, it's Look, it's bad.
1: I will. I'm. Mean, this is a, a silver lining right from the start. I will say that, in my opinion, it is the best movie tangentially related on a (laughs) character that's semi-related to the Superman universe uh in his own unique rewritten backstory starring a basketball player that I have ever seen
0: there are so many qualifiers in that (laughs) I'm trying to do the math in my head to make sure that that's accurate um (laughs) yeah uh this it it takes like a, a character that was, in terms of comic books, very new in relation to how, when the movie came out. Yeah, because you that yeah, John Henry Irons came out in ninety one with right after the death of Superman. Yep. Um, this movie's made in ninety seven, and most other comp. When you think about your Batman, your Superman, your all the Marvel universe characters have been around for decades and decades. Um, granted, sometimes they would put some of the newer characters in those universes in those movies, but like. Other than maybe Spawn, is the only other character that's like that new to get a movie that quickly, as far as comic book heroes go, probably. And he and Spawn was sort of his own thing too. Um, Well, we did separate from. uh,
1: We did talk about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was being made simultaneously (laughs) with the comic. That is true. Yeah. So there is that, but that was also based on pre-existing characters, properties, and characters.
0: But yeah, definitely like.
1: I was just going to say, definitely, uh... (laughs) go ahead. No, I I don't have anything. Uh, No, but I was just going to say, definitely, like, so it's a character, just if people don't know. Yeah, they did the Death of Superman storyline where Doomsday defeated Superman. And then there were a number of, while Superman was dead, there were a number of, like, people that came in to to fill in the role while he was uh you know he spoilers he came back superman but uh what in the, in the time that he was gone it's also in a weird coincidence around that time uh Clark Kent also was presumed dead and came back to life uh
0: that's wild i know
1: just a lot was happening but uh but yeah so steel in the comics was uh He was someone who had been saved by Superman, and then uh, when Superman saved him, he was like, how can I repay you? And he said, uh, do something with your life. Like, do something worth saving. Live
0: a a life worth saving.
1: Thank you. Live a life worth saving. Yeah, that's a great line. Good line. Yeah, That's a good line. So he said that, and then when all this happens, when Superman dies, he builds himself this suit, this steel suit, and he has a shield with Superman's emblem on it, and he is one of the interim Superman to to help fill the gap and he's a character and, and the- i was just gonna say too he's a character that has endured uh who continues mm-hmm. to be in the comics uh like through the the new 52 like through um whatever it is that they're doing now whatever they call it <laughs> Um, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I lose track. But he he still is in the comics. He's uh you know a character that continues. Uh he's been in the Justice League. Like he they've developed the character a lot more probably since this movie <laughs> happened.
0: Yeah, I honestly, because I I think like in ninety seven he probably was still probably didn't have his own book.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly the timeline, but that, that probably sounds right.
0: Um but like when Superman died, I mean, obviously, with the biggest titles, there's never just one Superman book. You know, there's not just one Batman book. Um, and that was sort of, that was sort of a cool thing in the comics when they took like these four new Supermen and used them for each of the like Superman books. How Steel became the centerpiece of like the Man of Steel books, and yeah, you know, like Action Comics was I think the Eradicator one and so on. And you know, they did they did things like that. Um, but yeah, like this is a, he's he's a character that, uh, in spite of this weirdly like unrelated to the DC universe at all, character.
1: Yeah, the um, the this movie is kind of confusing as to what exactly is happening. So obviously this is this is pre MCU. This is pre even the idea of um, building a, a cinematic universe, really, with all your characters connected. Uh, because there's also, I mean, again, uh, Batman and Robin came out the same year. There's a line in that movie where Batman says, this is why Superman works alone. Uh, but then in this movie, there's a Batman Forever. It's either like a pinball game or like a, a video game. Like there's something in an arcade. Probably
0: an arcade cabinet.
1: Yeah, it's some kind of arcade cabinet. Like So it seems to be... And he gets the, like the Superman emblem is seen, you know, like he gets it. Yeah, because
0: Shaq has a tattoo. Yeah. Sheel O'Neal, the person, not John Henry Irons. Yeah. Um Shaquille has the Superman tattoo. It says as the Superman S Shield and says Man of Steel. And it's they use it um, in this movie. And he's yeah, and um So it this movie it, it's kind of like Steel is the f- first superhero to show up in a world
1: where comic book superheroes exist is that see i didn't i i mean like but not superman right like like he seems no, a, no, no, the comic book heroes exist on the pages of comics oh that's what you're he's saying the yeah, first yeah.
0: real world superhero yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because he's even inspired. like they make mention of like the bat cave and stuff like that
1: yeah I so mean. he's aware of the comic book characters but they don't exist in this world is what it seems to right. be
0: yeah right that there are no superheroes outside of fiction.
1: Yeah, and it, but it's a, a lot of the comic book backstory was not used. Like they kind of redid his backstory and and changed a lot around. Also, his partner in this is kind of loosely based on Oracle, but pretty much by loosely based, like she's in a wheelchair and she provides surveillance for surveillance him. surveillance and guidance. But, yeah. But the whole backstory, everything else is is different. The circumstances, but it's not Barbara Gordon, and it's not Barbara Gordon. I don't want to keep it's talking sparkly. about Batman and Robin, but second movie to like not actually use a Barbara Gordon backstory in nineteen ninety seven, uh, but to use a Barbara Gordon character,
0: <laughs> a trope often related to Barbara Gordon, but not actually Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um basic plot of the movie just really quick uh shaquille o'neal is part of a elite military unit that designs new special um non-ammo based weapons for lack of a better word uh whether lasers or sonic weapons or whatever um judd nelson is one of his uh crew members and is evil like super
1: evil yeah to the point that it's unclear how he made it as long as he did. he he doesn't seem to hide his evilness, but he's clearly worked his way up the ranks of the u s. military prior I like to the to beginning think that it's it's John Bender all grown up, oh, for sure
0: that he just he grew up. he just found out he had a thing for science, went up through the military, and then killed a senator
1: mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario for Bender, honestly,
0: yeah, that's yeah. um. But yeah, and there, there's an accident because Judd Nelson is evil. hmm. And.
1: Like, mustache twirlingly evil.
0: Yeah, this is like silent movie villain, evil, evil. Um, And then gets discharged from the military, immediately goes to an um, armed smuggler that he's friends with because he's evil. Mm-hmm. That hmm. Uh, um, that ships the weapons to people in arcade cabinets. Yep. It's an arcade machine company. That's a front for, uh, this weapon smuggling. That's also related to a gang
1: tale as old as time. Um,
0: Yeah. It's, um, all of that. And then, uh, they start ruining Shaquille O'Neal's neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So he decides to take the law into his own hands with the help of, uh, his other former teammate, uh, Annabeth Gish, who was paralyzed and became the Oracle character, um, and his his old friend, uh Richard Roundtree. Mm-hmm. They uh they build <laughs> just
1: plain Richard Roundtree. <laughs>
0: the, yeah. Um they build this suit um out of steel, because he's also a steel worker, mm-hmm. and he saves the day. Yeah. And Ray J's in it too. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, you I you know, I that was great, and I, I appreciate it, but I think you threw out the best plot line in the whole movie, which is that it's his is it his grandmother or is it's his grandmother? Yeah. yeah, his grandmother really just aspires to make French inspired, uh, you know cooking using like mirroring her own recipes with like a French flair to them. And, and using it's, classic It's basically
0: French-influenced soul food.
1: Yeah, French-influenced soul food wants to kind of modernize it. She wants to call the restaurant black and bleu, as we're told. Uh, but that really, to me, no notes on that storyline. <laughs> yeah, none. Yeah, none whatsoever. It's great. It's She's making what looks to be really delicious food, and everyone seems to be really shitty about it for some reason. But, like, she's... I'm very happy. I would. If we had spent the whole movie with her and just in the background, this steel stuff was happening. Her effort to invent fusion cuisine. Yeah. I mean, she was great. Right. That's the thing is like, <laughs> in
0: 1997, suggesting combining like two very different cuisines is bananas yeah
1: that's a challenge on chopped nowadays i was gonna say watching it now she wins top chef like she's got the complete right idea <laughs> like, yeah you know i mean um tom colicchio
0: has no notes for her like that's what it comes down to
1: yep
0: you know um even padma Lakshmi is uh
1: without words yeah no, so but no, and I mean that sincerely. I'm like I really did enjoy that. like I did too. Yeah, it was like, fun. Yeah, like A+ plus, like that was the most interesting thing to me about the movie. Like I actually mean what that. What a great B story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay, but you know, that that's a a window into future silver linings that we may discuss, but we are not at the silver lining portion of silver no, linings playback yeah.
0: We're we're going to mal- we're going to talk about all the ways this movie is maligned before mm-hmm. we get to where it's not maligned.
1: Also, by the way, insanely just as a note right now that might be a good time to talk about because I was reading stuff about this movie. Apparently, they had a very short window of time where they had Shaq because he was playing on the Olympic team. <laughs> and right
0: it was during this he was playing in the olympics training for the olympics
1: so he was training for the olympics and they only had i think it was like 50 days or something like it was a, like a very short window and he basically had to come in and uh he he already learned his lines on his own and then he came in and, and shot it but they it was a very quick schedule and also he had to do all his own stunts because they could not find a stunt person uh who would that match was seven his foot four yeah so <laughs> uh i all of that is fun
0: I I would also say like uh, you made the joke earlier about Clark Kent being dead at the same time that Superman was Um, like they kind of hint at like there's absolutely no one else that could be steel for anybody that knows John Henry Irons.
1: Well, and I, I respect this movie for not playing with that, like with just like Judd Nelson's character immediately knows that it's him. Uh, the police are pretty sure that it's him. Uh, you know, like, it, it's not... Even pla- Grandma is even, like... Yeah, she's kind of... She's, uh, like, she's like, If that yeah. steel could come save the day again. Wink, yeah. And, ding. and maybe take out the trash once or twice. Like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's the fact that the movie just does, you know, go like... Uh, which is interesting, too, because, like, I do... I was reading some stuff, too, that, like, apparently... Um, like, I think Wesley Snipes was, like, in talks to play this character at mm-hmm. one point. Like, so they... That is accurate. Yeah. So there there were apparently versions of this where it was not Shaquille O'Neal and Steele might have been a bit more incognito. Yeah, there might have been.
0: Um, yeah, this... This movie felt rushed, too. And I don't think it's just because... Of Shaq's limited schedule, like
1: I, I will say, it, it it was nice to go back to the 1990s and to have a movie that did not feel the need to be two hours long. <laughs> it did feel a bit rushed, yeah. but it was breezy to to get through.
0: I just meant not from like a watching it aspect, from a like a a, a production value aspect. <laughs> I thought it felt rushed. It looked um, yeah. I, it, yeah, it looked I a little will say shoddy. one thing that was kind of interesting is like this movie is I'm gonna go out on a limb and say 100 percent practical effects.
1: I mean, I'm skeptical of that I mean, just probably, because like the lasers. I was gonna but, say there's probably some, but like I would say mostly special or mostly practical effects sounds right.
0: Um, I mean, obviously there's some camera tricks and things like that, but like, like no CGI, like.
1: Almost at all. Yeah, that sounds right. Um,
0: yeah, I will say, like, from a writerly, productionarily, whatever point of view, the fact that he doesn't become steel until almost forty-nine or fifty minutes into an hour and twenty-three minute movie is kind of a problem. <laughs> like, they could have gotten there quicker.
1: I- I'll give them this, him this though. Steel a little more. I'll give him this though. What's the very first thing you see? in the very first shot when the movie opens. You know what it is? Steel. Steel.
0: <laughs> you see steel
1: right away. So they deliver on their promise from second one that there is steel in the movie. Now the character of Steel takes 40 minutes to get to, but
0: Yeah. Um but he's basically this like Batman Iron Man hybrid is basically how they play Steel in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's kind of iron man in the beginning of the first iron man movie iron who man. who made his own suit uh in a cave with scraps as uh <laughs> as in <Faith>. a cave
0: <laughs> from scraps
1: thank you uh as jeff bridges told us but uh he's kind of that iron man the like you know very like diy suit that doesn't have all the the robotics and such it has some right. i mean it it well, he has the
0: actual like sledgehammer that has multi-functions.
1: Well, and also the suit itself can be a giant magnet, which it is several times in this film. Yeah. So it, there's that.
0: And he has the steel cycle. He
1: has the steel cycle. There's some kind of camera in the suit that he can, you know, they can the Oracle character can kind of keep tabs on him. Mhm.
0: And an earpiece that they can talk over 20 miles.
1: Mm-hmm. That the cops just leave in his ear uh, when they arrest him.
0: <laughs> no, he put it in his mouth and hit it.
1: Oh, right, right, right. But he, yeah, he just is able to, like, just have it.
0: And then just puts it back in his ear when he yeah. uh, gets a chance alone to. Yeah, like, one of the, the other things, like, one of the longest action sequences is him being chased by the police back to his hideout in the steel cave. hmm. That's like a, 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 a Trash heap that like opens up its door and he goes in. Um, yeah, like there's and oh, and then the, the magnets with when the the gangs are all shooting him and he just magnetizes their weapons and suctions them all to him. And then there's the showdown with uh with Judd Nelson, and every stereotypically evil group in the world
1: comes to that. It, it summit. is. Pretty identical to the opening of the first Naked Gun film, the the <laughs> sale that he's having that we just pan around to like, yeah, there's like there's some Nazis like there's you know there's, yeah
0: there's neo Nazis yeah there are like um Arab terrorists mm-hmm. there are uh, I think the Irish Republican Army or like yeah. Irish type anti government terrorists there's the mafia there's I think like either the Triad or the
1: Yakuza like it's all of them. Yeah, they're all just there to buy weapons, or to rent weapons. He's very clear about that, Chad Nelson. Because he's, yeah, you don't
0: own them because he holds the means to charge up the weapons because they don't have ammo that you can buy. You Mm -hmm. need to buy, like, the the, the apple cord, the plug. (laughs) You need to buy from him.
1: Yeah, essentially, he's just the, you know, (laughs) like... Yeah, it's just he's going to keep upgrading them at some point. Yeah, if your weapons are too old, the operating system is too advanced and you can't really... And they start slowing down the battery to get you to buy a new gun at some point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't plug um, your headphones in anymore without, you know, a dongle to adapt them. Right. You
0: know, little things that only an evil madman would impose on people. (laughs) I mean, only just a supervillain would think to do something like that to their customers. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that's, um, so Shaq wins the day. Yeah. But by making a
1: free throw, look, yeah, he, he, he sure does. They, that it's really funny. Cause I remember that I had seen this, this movie before, you know, like in the nineties, I guess, uh, or probably when it was, on I did not see it in the theater. I think I saw it. It was on HBO at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. but that was really the only thing I remembered is that there was a whole plot line about the fact that he can't make free throws. And like, I actually, in my mind, it was bigger, but it is just one scene where, yeah, he's him and his, uh, his brother. It's a... Cousin? Cousin, yeah. Him and his family member are like in a room. Ray Ah. J, him and Ray J. Him and Ray J are in the room and a grenade is thrown in there. And to to save them, he has to throw the grenade through a hoop that is equivalent to making a free throw. And he says practically to the camera, I can't make these. (laughs) And then... And they
0: establish it in the movie universe, too, because there's every time you like, you know, tried to like sink a basket and trash or whatever. Just
1: no, it's 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 well threaded, I think. Like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, because for those of you that aren't fans
0: of uh, the 90s and the NBA, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, while undisputably one of the best centers to ever play the game, notoriously bad at making free throws.
1: Yeah. And so they worked that. Yeah into the movie.
0: Yeah. You know, he was a first ballot hall of famer, three time, four time NBA champion, uh, couple time gold medal winner, but couldn't make a free throw. Mm-hmm. Cause he was seven foot four and could dunk from wherever he wanted. Yeah. He
1: didn't need to. <laughs> like.
0: He was like, he, um, he was like an NBA jam character come to life in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, if you watch, uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 about, I think it's called this magic moment about him and Penny Hardaway. Uh, Just watching some of those little clips, like, he was unreal, the stuff he was doing on the court, just... Yeah. Dunking on everything, destroying everything in his way. I would have made a superhero movie with him, too.
1: No, I I love... And that's the thing, I mean, you, you mentioned it, like, he has the tattoo. So this is, like, Shaq, height of his popularity, like, he's playing for the Olympic team. He loves Superman. Like, I get... Like, I totally... I totally get it. It makes total sense. And he's like, he's likable as the character. I, I did enjoy him in it. You know, he's charismatic. She- Shexal,
0: I, I'm an unabashed fan of Shaquille O'Neal. He's one of my, one of my all time favorite personalities in basketball and, and players and everything. And I mean, he's, he has charisma. Like there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. You know, just he's, a, he has a, I'm going to say it. He has a magnetic personality. Oh, <laughs> did it. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to, but I, I did. And that's the sacrifice I make for our listeners. Um, but, but I mean, and so, you know, and yeah, he's,
1: you know, probably shouldn't have been a movie star, but so what? Who cares? I mean, and also it's 90s movies. So why not? Like, was- yeah, why not? There were, you know, people not as charismatic and not as good leads. Uh, sorry. We all convinced ourselves that John Travolta was doing good acting in the 90s. So, you he know, good in Pulp Fiction, he's great in Pulp Fiction. It gave him an entire, you know, sec- second career, second career that was not good.
0: That was there's a lot of not
1: good. <laughs> That's true. We could look we forward do to a John Travolta month when oh, that might be something coming up. Sh- just wait till we do broken arrow. I can't wait. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but, <laughs> 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 Oh man. Uh, but okay. So we got, we got a little bit of time before we pivot to the good. I, I don't know how to even really tackle this well, but I, I, don't think this movie should get a pass on its 90s depiction of someone in a wheelchair and whatever they're doing with oh no we can't
0: can't do that no no,
1: like it's oftentimes feels like some kind of very special episode of something uh, there, there's a point early on when she's first in the wheelchair where she doesn't want to go outside and Shaq picks her up and carries her outside and everyone cheers which don't do that that's yeah don't do that. That's very bad and not okay <laughs> like never
0: just in general. no you know paralyzed
1: not paralyzed. Able to walk. Yeah, don't pick whatever. people up and carry them if they don't want you to.
0: <laughs> Never pick someone up without their consent.
1: No. Like... Not good and also, I don't... Would it, everybody else, maybe stop him. Don't just cheer that. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that stuff's not good. A lot of like... I think she says she asks him to be her legs at some point, which is like a very, you know, like... Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of not great stuff. I i don't know i i don't know God, how. there's this one moment and it, it's it's also so very
0: special episode uh when it's Shaq's first visiting annabeth gish in the hospital sparky is her character's name and she's like you know when i'm back on my feet again and the nurse gives this like no look yeah. at shack
1: yeah and there, there's and like, just like e. there's also like whatever happens at the end where like her chair like makes her stand straight up so she can hug him or i don't there's a there's a lot to unpack yeah
0: i will say it doesn't count as a silver lining but i appreciate that they had they were just friends and it was never pushed as a romantic relationship yeah that was sort of a nice thing i look i
1: i'm maybe not the most qualified to, to you know like i i would defer to other people's opinions on this who who have more but like I did at least like that at the end she had some weapons on her wheelchair and like was contributing to the final battle and wasn't just uh, someone that he had to save. Like I, you know, I, again, it's very nineties, but like I, I appreciated the effort to, you know, in that stuff. Um, But yeah, the character overall, eh, it's, it feels very dated. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah,
0: and I mean, I will say that like nowadays, for people that you know um, have to li- have to live their lives in in you know wheelchairs and things like that, it is a pretty standard feature for the chair to raise up so that they can like reach things on higher shelves. Like that's a pretty common thing, and maybe in the '90s that was revolutionary new technology, but. <laughs>
1: yeah it's just there's just a way that scene is presented that that just feels kind of odd,
0: yeah um I mean, there's just a lot of just like it has every nineties cliche you could imagine,
1: oh yeah no um, it, it, and it feel like um, just overall, it kind of feels like a TV movie. Like, just... I think that kind of like absolutely. speaks to everything. Like, storyline-wise, production-wise. Like, it just... It doesn't feel like a a big, you know, budget... Hollywood production. Hollywood production. It feels very, no. like, TV movie.
0: Yeah, I... There's... I, I felt that watching it the whole time. And it's not just because, like, the tech... You know, the special effects are dated or anything. Like, that. we've watched... This is now the third 90s movie that we've done. Um, well, no, fourth, because episode one was in the 90s. Oh, that's true. So um, <clears throat> this is the fourth 90s movie that we've discussed, and it's the 90s-est. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely the 90s-est.
1: All right, I... I don't know. Is there anything else you want to... I got one more thing that I want to get off my chest before we try to find silver linings, but I want to... Is there anything else you want to... Say yours. I think I have some other
0: things, too.
1: Okay. I just... Look. You cast Richard Roundtree. He he famously played the character of John Shaft. I understand that you want to maybe have some fun. I mean, it's certainly a world (laughs) where... Why not wink at the camera? You know, it's not like it's going to break the reality. But when he gets his weapon, which is, is, you know, because his name is John Henry, they give him a hammer that's also uh, can be used uh, for a variety of things. But it's, you know, Sparky is giving John Henry the hammer and Richard Roundtree is there and they ask him what he thinks of it. And he says, I especially like the shaft. Okay. What a weird thing to say. (laughs) 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 Like, what? Don't, what? (laughs) I just, I love that that was it. They were like, well, we got to acknowledge Shaft somewhere. Wait, I got it. And then uh, presumably a room full of people went, well, yeah, that's obviously how we're going to acknowledge that he played Shaft. as has seemed to have been my role in this podcast, is to sometimes
0: try to defend the indefensible.
1: Um, I want that to be your role. Let's let's just officially... That is now your role going forward.
0: Because uh, I think this is a bananas idea as well. Um, so I will say that the all the gadgets for the hammer were in the shaft. <laughs> so it, like, it wasn't just like he was ignoring the part of the hammer that did the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. He was acknowledging the cool part of the hammer as opposed usually like the business end of the hammer that you hit things with is what most people think of as, as the useful part of the hammer. But this is, it had like the magnet switch and it had the gun aspect and it had a few other things. So, the shaft was pretty great on that hammer. I'm just going to throw that out there into the world. It's still a terrible idea. <laughs> That's all. All right. Um all right, I'm going to I'm going to nitpick on on one other thing from the climax of the movie. Uh one, like he He gets taken out way too easily to get, like, trapped before, like, he makes the big
1: save at the end. Oh, yeah, sorry. Also, can I have one more? I don't know if this is what you're going to point out or not, but you just reminded me. I did have a nitpick about that, too, of, like, somehow Sparky teleports ahead of him and arrives in that warehouse before him. Like, she is clearly captured when he's on his way. To the warehouse, but they're like he falls through the ceiling, and then they're like, "Well, we also have her," and it's like, "How did you? How did she get there so fast?" Anyway, okay. There are there are a few
0: uh, travels by editing in this movie. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's 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 more than a couple, but this one, like, so one he like he goes out like a wimp, like he just goes out like a total punk before like he finally saves the day and lays on the um, ground for a good. 10 minutes before even getting up now granted I am not seven foot plus and and wearing a steel suit and wearing a a steel suit but um I I think he probably could have made it up quicker but I just like it's so dumb is like the way that he gets out of it is because Judd Nelson gets the hammer with the fabled uh, cool shaft Mm mm-hmm and the way that Sh- Shaq gets out of it is by saying, well, whatever you do, don't turn the red knob. Oh, you know, it Don't is, push the red
1: button. It is Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd <laughs> levels of reverse psychology that he is employing to be like, yeah, well, I mean, go ahead, use the weapon, but don't use the red switch on it because that's for real men and you're not one of those. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> when it's been established that... All Judd Nelson's snidely whiplash-esque character wants to do is push things beyond what is the safe recommendation. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing he does in the movie is push like the sonic disruptor past it. And that leads to the death of a senator, um, the injury, <laughs> the paralyzation of one of his colleagues, and his dishonorable discharge from the US, Mil- U.S. Army.
1: My favorite part of that, by the way, is that he's mad at Shaq at that hearing for like, come on, man. Like, what? Oh, I thought you had my back. I thought we were boys. It's like, what in what world do you even need his testimony at that point to sink your career? <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> um, just, this is a bad movie. Shut your it, mouth. Just talk about steel. <laughs> oh man Uh, dare dare i say i think it's the worst made movie that we've done so far yeah
1: yeah i think that's true I, i i'm trying to i'm like running through and yeah like just on a yeah just Like I said, it's just a technical
0: aspect. And yeah,
1: it's just again, it feels very rust, feels very like TV movie.
0: Just, yeah, like the amount of the amount of effort like put in to making this good.
1: And when Um, you when you hear that they they only had a limited window of time where Shaq was available and he's I mean, it's you have a limited amount of time to use him in a movie that he's basically in just about every scene. So, like, that's a problem. But, like, it, right. it does kind of feel like they probably had to use the first take often. A lot of the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So I think now is as good a time as any to pivot to what we think the silver linings are. Um. And f- a frequent silver lining on the show is when people really go for it. And, man, Judd Nelson goes for it. No, he
1: yeah, like again, it's cartoon le- levels of villainy, but like it's what this movie needs. Like anything less than that would just feel wasted. Like you just make him nothing redeeming about him. Like he's just a he's an
0: absolute monster in every sense of the
1: way yeah there isn't a scene where he's not doing something horrible like every second that he's there is just the worst choice that a human could make he makes
0: like even like when they're testing the like new weapons that he's making for them and it kills someone he's like you know that's just the drawing you know that's part of can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs and like even like the hardened gun
1: smuggling criminals are like i don't know about this guy yeah well there's yeah there's like the moment he he shoots his partner at one point in front of everybody too and they're like like shoots his partner when he's trying to get everyone else to go into business with him and saying like you'll have to rely on me to like recharge your guns it's like this is like that's the guy who introduced you to these people (laughs) like yeah and <laughs> tricks
0: the one gang member into eating a pork hot dog when he doesn't eat pork.
1: Yeah, which is like like no, all the most evil things. Yeah, it's almost like no no villainy too small, you know? <laughs> like it's just it's kind of like the demons on the good place of just any opportunity to do the worst yeah. thing he takes like the hot dog thing perfect example of like and then like waits a really long time to tell like, him
0: long after it's been digested like you can't try to throw it up he can't yeah. like like he's like he has converted those calories into nutrients and and energy like it's it was like it felt like at least a week later yeah no for sure <laughs> Just a monster, and it's so funny. And not like you can't, it's so obvious you can't call it unintentional, but it's like unintentionally funny, like, yeah, it's it's so over the top.
1: No, it's yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so there's that look. I, I like the casting of Shaq, like, I think you kind of touched on it too. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's this look, the movie. I think would have been worse with anyone else in the role. If you make the same
0: movie, shot for shot, note for note, with, and no offense to Dennis Hayspert, but Dennis (laughs) Hayspert, it's not as good a movie.
1: No. And he's a good actor. And I mean, look, hey, if you're making an Allstate commercial, it's not as good with Shaq in it. So, like, I think... We got to put that out there. Yeah. You know? So just, you know, just to be fair,
0: like... Shaq might have been able to be a decent Pedro Serrano in Major League, though.
1: I actually, yeah, he probably would have. He you probably would have been all right at that. And I would have I would have liked to see what he would have done as the president on 24. But, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's our
1: other podcast fantasy booking Shaq in Dennis Haysbert movies. So, like, look for that yeah, one. <laughs>
0: that's, that's coming on the Peak Sloth podcast network
1: uh, <laughs> any day now.
0: It's called Shacker Hastert. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have been better? Yeah, you know, like what? What if Dennis Hastert played center for the Orlando Magic? Maybe they beat the Maybe they beat the Rockets in '96. Who knows?
1: We're gonna look at it though. Like that, we're really gonna break <laughs> gonna, it down. We're gonna do a deep dive <laughs> and we're gonna explore. Um... <laughs> I kind of want to do that podcast now. I'm, I'm being honest. Like I, that sounds fun. <laughs> Okay. But we're now tasked with, with these silver linings. So we, we I think we're in we're in a good shape. We've got we got Shaq, uh we got Judd Nelson. They're both doing great stuff. We um the B story's one of the best The B story's I, great. <laughs> it might be the best B story in any of these movies that we've covered.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's better It's better than uh Natalie Portman not being able to get a date since Thor's gone. It's, it's definitely better. better. Yeah. It's better than whatever you count as a B story in the prequels. Um, yeah. Um, it's be- it's better than uh, Matthew Broderick and uh, his love interest in Godzilla trying to reconcile. <laughs> yep. It's yeah, better it's the, than all
1: those. It's the best B story. It's the best
0: one. Yeah. Irma P Hall as the grandma making the uh, soul food, uh, hot cuisine fusion restaurant
1: Black and, and Blue. And I'm pretty sure you know, twenty some years later, she's a millionaire at this point. Like she has a Food Network oh, that, show. That
0: restaurant is Fran. That's in casinos. Yeah, like, like that she. Is, that's yeah. at,
1: at a couple of up like nicer airports. Yeah, she released a series yeah. of cookbooks. She got her own show on Food Network. Like she's 100%. she's thriving.
0: Yeah. If the, if that was the world we actually lived in, she is there's no Paula Deen, there's there's grandma from
1: steel. <laughs> yep. It's a you could say better it's world. It's a better world. It's definitely that's a better, better world. world. Yeah, no, for sure. There's
0: I have no qualms saying that that's a better world. <laughs> All right. I mean Is that do we do it? Like I mean for how terrible this movie is that It's bright spots. I think maybe that makes them
1: shine a little brighter. Oh, you know what? I did. There was one other thing that I actually think, you know, we, we, and I think fairly, like we, there's a lot of this movie that you can really tear apart. The segment that I did really like, that I thought as just one isolated uh, part of the film that I did really enjoy, that actually and maybe this is a lofty comparison to make, did actually kind of remind me of the scene in Spider-Man 2 when uh, Spider-Man's mask comes off on the the subway fight and, like, everybody mm-hmm. decides to, to just, like, we won't tell, you know, the kids, like, give him the mask back. Like, I liked the whole they obviously arrest Shaq because he's the only yeah. person who fits the description but then the fact that no one will ID him even though it's obviously him and then even the police officer they're like well come on you gotta look at him and he's like no I didn't like no like I really like not loved these that guys. Yeah. yeah I like, really like that too I thought that was a really nice like bit of business you know in the film like I, I really truly actually enjoyed that quite a lot I thought they nailed that specific part Really well.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would love to end on that note, uh, but there was one other thing that I did want to talk about. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so obviously it's a 90s movie starring Shaquille O'Neal, who also has a career as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And there is a song on the soundtrack that has no business being on this soundtrack and no business existing it it, it's called men of steel and um it is a it's a song that features uh shaquille o'neal obviously rapping ice cube be real from cypress hill what and krs1 (laughs) And it's good. It's like, it's like a good nineties rap song. It's, it's, uh, it's on I, Apple, it's on iMusic or Apple music. Um, but yeah, it is, it exists and it's would not have existed had it not been for that movie, but it's, um, it's a de- it's like a decent Oh, and Peter guns is also on it from, uh, his one hit in the nineties, um, uptown baby. I, I can it's insane that it, this song exists.
1: Well, I think that that's how we have to go out, right? Like we have to go out oh, listening yeah. to a little bit of Men of Steel, obviously. <laughs> obviously,
0: there's no doubt in my mind that that's what we have to go out to.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think just hit us with our famous catchphrase and then then Men of Steel.
0: Yeah, uh our famous catchphrase is Martians don't play in middle America.
1: <laughs> I'm sick with it. Sick. But it'll still take 10 of you to take the- temperature can I represent with ya smoking it with ya past the sh- from east to west cube to car West Yes, yeah, take it from the dime uh-huh. where I'm from the matter still is made of Teflon keep your best on hit me with your best wine baby and watch me back you coming through with hard sh- and shack too. never up in spot goes. never when we knock f- hit her off with some reboxing and tacos west side rolling even if the car stolen even if my eyes shut and jaw swollen that's how it's Making super ends Many know the shack made of bills But did you know the shack made of steel, steel me. No matter what I do The billy
0: is gonna flourish it's Like a bus full of Japanese tourists or to Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com If you enjoyed the show please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network like this one Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. And we give our stamp of Curioso approval to the podcast that you're listening to right now.